Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 16 of Secrets of Shadowloo. This is a full-page illustration. It's official Capcom art, which means that it portrays at least one character who is a, a famous world warrior that we all know and love from the Street Fighter II arcade game, but it also portrays someone else, someone who would have been as yet unknown to Street Fighter fans at the time. Let me be honest with you. Let me let me give you a peek behind the curtain here. I thought this page was going to be hard to talk about because there wasn't enough. And it turns out to be a page that is hard to talk about because there is too fucking much. So hold on to your eye patch. Let's dive into the history of Sagat. First of all, very basic overview of what we're looking at here. If you're familiar with Street Fighter, you'll know about the character Sagat. Sagat is a Thai kickboxer, tall, muscular, world-class mean mug, kind of a butt chin, He's got an eye patch. He's got a scar on his chest that comes from when Ryu hit him with a flaming dragon punch. It's Sagat. You know Sagat if you know Street Fighter. Sagat is standing on a, a stone path of some kind, maybe up against a wall. Hard to tell with the angle. The most important thing about Sagat is that he is holding a bloody individual in a gi uh, with a ponytail. Sagat's holding this guy by the head, his big, meaty Thai kickboxer hand. Dude's totally out of it. His arm has gone limp. There's blood streaming down his arm. Looks like maybe it's coming from his ear. This guy looks like he's dead. I mean, he may or may not be dead, but he looks like he's dead. You can't see dude's face, but it's nobody we've seen in Street Fighter 2. Orange gi, black shirt on under the gi, ponytail, kind of looks like Ryu or Ken, but not quite. Just a guy, right? Wrong. Based on his distinctive appearance, the man that Sagat is holding onto, the man bleeding from the ear, is none other than Dan Hibiki. He is a character from Street Fighter Alpha, which would come out the year after Secrets of Shadowloo. That means that if you are a, a role-playing game fan who picked up the Street Fighter storytelling game and Secrets of Shadowloo, you're looking at this picture assuming this is just like a generic jobber that Sagat just beat, but actually it's a character from a video game that hadn't come out yet. Either it is that character or it is Dan Hibiki's father, Go Hibiki. There is, believe it or not, backstory to this picture, which in fact I think in the real world actually went the other way around. I think this picture was just promotional art for Street Fighter since it is official Capcom art, and later creators on the Street Fighter series used the design of the guy in Sagat's hand for a new character and then kind of spun out a backstory so that this image was retroactively placed in Street Fighter continuity. Kind of. More to come. This is extremely complicated. Bear with me. We're going on a journey. Before we're done here, your ears too will be bleeding. So all right, Dan Hibiki. He's kind of like Ryu or Ken, practices the same kind of martial art, uh, Shotokan karate, uh, but he's shitty. He's a bad fighter. Dan Hibiki has really got it out for Sagat because Sagat killed Go Hibiki. Why? Because Go Hibiki, Dan's father, plucked out Sagat's eye during a fight. And then in revenge, Sagat killed him. Then when Dan Hibiki grew up, then he came back looking for revenge to fight Sagat. Now here's where it gets tricky. This image is canonical for Secrets of Shadowloo. This is an image we're seeing in a book about Shadowloo, which includes Sagat as a member this image happened. This is a thing in this world that we're talking about, okay? When did it happen? What are the circumstances? Who is this poor motherfucker bleeding from the ear? Well, let's take an ill-advised dip into Street Fighter canon. Sagat's wearing the eye patch. This is clearly after Go Hibiki took his eye out. Sagat has the scar. Now, Sagat got this scar after the flaming dragon punch that Ryu gave him at the end 
of the first Street Fighter game, which is typically in the US known not as Street Fighter, but as Fighting Street. Now in Fighting Street, Sagat already has the eye patch, but he doesn't have the scar yet. So we know that whenever this event in this image took place, it happened after the events of Fighting Street. Okay, because of Sagat's bio that's coming later in this book, we know that in this continuity, here's what happened with Sagat. After Ryu beat him at the end of Fighting Street, Sagat goes into seclusion in Thailand, then he starts working for Shadow Liu after he's recruited by M. Bison. And that's basically around the time that the events of Street Fighter 2 start happening. We can get into a little more detail about this if I get more specific about the chronology of the Street Fighter Alpha sub-series of Street Fighter. But if I start talking about that, not only are you going to stop listening to this episode, but you might unsubscribe. So fuck Street Fighter Alpha for now. So if this image depicts Sagat killing Go Hibiki, then it has to happen after the end of Fighting Street, either while Sagat is in seclusion in Thailand, which would be an odd place to meet a karate teacher who lives in Hong Kong, or while Sagat is working for Shadaloo during or immediately prior to the events of Street Fighter 2. That's pretty hard to fit into the timeline, especially given that Go Hibiki's son, Dan Hibiki, is going to show up to take revenge for the death of Go Hibiki in a Street Fighter Alpha game, which happens before Street Fighter 2. So I don't think this is Go Hibiki. I think it's Dan Hibiki, which is the obvious hypothesis and is supported by some things we see on screen in Street Fighter video games. Notably, we actually see Sagat holding somebody by the head like this, who looks just like Dan Hibiki, in a video game. It happens specifically when Ryu fights Sagat in the Thailand stage in Street Fighter Alpha 2. As the two of them are squaring off, Sagat's holding Dan, and then he like tosses him off screen and goes and fights Ryu. Now here comes the big twist. Despite the fact that we've established this is Dan, by the fact that we saw this happen on screen, this never actually happened. It's weird about fighting game continuity that we see a lot of different things on screen depending on which character you're playing and like which story you're playing. But obviously, like every time you play Street Fighter, you're playing as somebody. And if you beat the game, then you win the tournament as that character. But all those events can't be canonical, right? Only one person won the tournament in each case if there's like a tournament in the game storyline. So for a fighting game, typically... There are all the different endings, right, of like a Mortal Kombat or a Street Fighter, different endings you can get by playing different characters. And then when the next game comes out, you'll find out canonically who won that previous game. Well, in future games that come out after Street Fighter Alpha 2, the Dan Hibiki character goes forward. And Dan Hibiki's canonical history seems to be that when Dan fought Sagat, Sagat threw the fight because he knew that Dan needed closure for his father's death because Sagat has like a little teeny bit of honor, like not enough not to work for a terrorist, but enough to lay down for Dan fucking Hibiki, which is something. There's some strength of principle in allowing Dan Hibiki and his stupid fucking ponytail to mark down a W against you. So Sagat throws the fight against Dan. That's Dan's canonical history moving forward through the Street Fighter franchise. Confrontations between Dan and Sagat are a big deal in the canon because they're arch enemies. Well, Sagat is Dan's arch enemy. I don't think Sagat really cares about Dan, except insofar as it's like, oh, poor guy. It's like if a baby's chasing you and you run from the baby, right? That's the relationship between Sagat and Dan Hibiki. So because we know that they only had this like one confrontation and Sagat threw the fight, the thing where Sagat grabs Dan by the head as depicted in this picture and like throws him off screen and then fights Ryu didn't ever happen, right? That's not how their fight ended. It ended differently. It ended with Sagat losing or pretending to lose. Therefore, and please imagine me nerdily elevating a single finger as I say this, because I'm doing it for real right now at the microphone. Therefore, the canon of the Street Fighter video game series doesn't include this image. This promotional image is a thing that never happened in the canon of Street Fighter as a video game, but it is canon to Secrets of Shadowloo. It's here in the book, illustrated. It's not one path you can take as in the video game. 
This is a solid book on solid paper, static images. We see this picture, this happened in this world. That means, as far as I can tell, unlike in the Street Fighter video games, in the world of Street Fighter, the storytelling game, Sagat goddamn executed Dan Hibiki. Even for White Wolf, this is some dark shit. I mean, Dan is a jerk, but he's not just a jerk. He's a joke character, basically. Like, executing Dan Hibiki, it's like if someone literally tore Jigglypuff in half. It's like, like it's, it's kind of funny, but also extremely grim. And that's the alternate reality that this role-playing game takes place in. This whole supplement, all we're going to hear about Shadaloo and Riganka, this takes place in a darker version of Street Fighter canon, where Sagat just outright murdered Dan, and this has had all kinds of, no doubt, run-on effects throughout the continuity. It's a dark timeline, a street-fighting dystopia. Moving forward, we're going to call this No Dan's Land. And No Dan's Land is very important because we're going to find the canon in this book diverges drastically from established Street Fighter canon coming out of Capcom. These are the Street Fighter characters that we know and love, but these are not the events. This is not the world that we're used to from Street Fighter lore. And that divergence in the timeline created this darker Street Fighter world. With all that said, prepared now mentally, emotionally, after witnessing the brutal murder of, of joke character Dan Hibiki here, we now know that we are entering into some real grim territory. So join me next time as chapter three begins and we start to see just how bad things have gotten here in No Dan's Land on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash revolutionvoid or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Don't get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>